Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Lethal Podcast. This week, Garrett and I sat down to recap his very smoky 2020 elk season. Uh, It was just riddled with all sorts of difficulties, but he managed to make some pretty cool stories uh, out of everything despite all the hardships. Uh, Definitely some things that will be helpful leading into coming seasons for for the both of us from what Garrett experienced and and what I was able to learn from it. Uh, And we just had a fun time talking about it. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, And Garrett even came up with a new t-shirt design because of this episode. More on that in a minute. Uh, As always, this episode is fueled by Hunter's Blend Coffee. Go to huntersblendcoffee.com and enter code ABF at checkout. If you do this, 10% of your purchase will be donated to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Once again, that's code ABF, all caps, at checkout out and 10% of your donation will go to the ABF. Uh, Also note with the ABF, uh, the Ashby 100 is now open. Uh, We've got some more information on our Facebook page. You can check that out over there. Um, Speaking of Facebook, if you're into that sort of thing, feel free to go to our group and check it out. Uh, It's connected to the Lethal Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you should be able to find it pretty easily. It's called Lethal Podcast, the Thunderdome, the dash in there after Lethal Podcast. Uh, lots of smart guys in there to collaborate with on setups and gear. If you have any questions, stuff like that, we're, we're more than willing to help help anybody out, uh, uh, whether you're new or seasoned with this. Um, and lastly, we greatly appreciate everybody's support. We just want to remind you of that. Uh, if you do like the content, we'd love it if you would go drop a quick review on iTunes for us. It really helps us out with the exposure algorithm uh, that Apple uh, applies to anything that is hunting related. They don't like to give us any airtime. So uh, to guilt you like a politician, if you like your ability to hunt, you have to go leave us a five-star review on iTunes or it's just going to be gone. Just, just kidding. That's a that's a joke. Don't take that seriously. Uh, but really, drop a review. Uh, that would be cool. And you should go buy a shirt. Uh, the Bow Hiking Black Belt shirt is now available on our store, courtesy of Garrett's creative brain and off-the-cuff comment uh, during this episode. Uh, anytime you guys buy some merch from us, it really helps us keep this thing going because there are some overhead expenses uh, that we incur to try and keep the quality up. Uh, but you guys are worth it because we love you. So without further ado, here's our episode fires and hunters and bears oh my enjoy (laughs) i'm trying to think you closed right you closed on your house yep there you go yeah need to come up with a come up with a name so i can file an llc I might wait Fair until child. might wait until the first of the year though. But Fairchild's family archery, yeah, definitely wait until the first of the year. Don't file that now. Yeah, yeah. I don't really want to fucking worry about that. But yeah, I wouldn't either. But I also need to buy some shit, so it's kind of like, yeah. Uh... Well, what else do you need? You've already got your press. I need a vice, but that's like a three hundred dollar mm-hmm. vice. But I was also yeah. gonna like you know buy some carpet and shit to put on the countertop. Yeah, are you gonna kind of shit, do an, Are you gonna do an OMP? Uh, no, I'm gonna get a Baker. Baker, I don't even know what that is. No, look them up. Baker Archery Products. Right. They're neon green. Oh, oh, I might have seen. I might have seen those. They're pretty badass. If I could spell products, that'd be a good start. Yeah, yeah. I think. Hold on. B A P. Mm-hmm. 
Shop BAP. Uh, BAP Bovice. Ooh, they make a Unistruck kit. Damn. That's, that's where, wild. That's where Austin gets all of his string-making jigs and shit. Mm. It's from Baker. Man. Knock on, bro. No. <laughs> it's that green. Oh, I know. Makes me upset. I really want to like call and be like, yo, can you paint it any other color than green? Anything? Anything else? <laughs> Literally any this? other color. What is this Unistruck kit? Stretch up to five strings at once. Interesting. Yeah, it's just string stretchers and posts or yeah, posts probably. Uh, but Yeah. I mean it seems like a lot of money for what you're getting, but all right, cool. Yes. Well sweet. Well, congrats on the house. Uh it made a made a, a bit of a fun elk season for you having to run back and forth across the state multiple times. Yeah, I only missed two days, I guess, because of the house okay. stuff. Yeah. But because I you know, my I'm an idiot and I know nothing about fucking buying a house, but uh <laughs> I was we did a final walkthrough on I think it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And or maybe Monday. I think it was Monday. Um, yeah, it was Monday. So yeah, we did the final walkthrough on Monday, and then I was like, "So are we doing DocuSign for this to sign all the paperwork, or how's that work?" And he's like, "Oh, my realtor's like, oh no, you have to be at the title office to do it." I'm like, "God damn it!" Yeah. Like, when yeah. is the when is the nearest appointment? Like, when can I get in the fastest? <laughs> and then yeah. I learned that I had to. Like I couldn't write a check check. Like I couldn't write the check personally. You get a cashier's check or yeah. money order. Well, I can't get a cashier's check because my bank, I still use fucking fifth third cause I'm an idiot. What's that? Oh, is that uh, just, fifth third is that bank. just the, yeah. the bank? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But it's out of Cincinnati, but the nearest branch is in like Kansas. Oh, so Dang. I had, I ended up just being able to, to wire it. Like I was able to do a wire transfer just by calling the, bank back in the town that I opened it in or whatever. Right. But that was a shit show too, because on the title office side, they were able to use e-faxing, but on the bank side, they wouldn't use e-faxing. So like trying to communicate between the two places, it's like, God damn it, man. uh, I feel like the, (laughs) I, I feel like the really important stuff that like you need to know when you transition in life as an adult was just not covered in no, not like at all. high school. And like, like, like you know, I was kind of, I was kind of upset with, you know, like my mortgage broker or whatever. Cause he didn't tell me the thing about the cashier's check. And I asked him or mentioned, right. Just writing. I was like, yeah, I'll just write a check for the, the remaining balance or whatever. And he didn't say, mm-hmm. he didn't say, Oh yeah, no, you have to go get a cashier's check. Because right. had I known that, because I had transferred all my, because I had more money in my fifth third account. Mm-hmm. So I had transferred money out of my Oregonians account, which is my credit union here, right. over to my fifth third account. So I'd have enough money that like they had record of mm-hmm. in, my right, fifth, right. in my fifth third account. So I could actually, you know, give them my money. Um, But then, yeah, it, it was a whole shit show. But yeah. Welcome, it all worked out, so. welcome, welcome to being a homeowner where yeah. everything's everything's made up and the money doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and I I already have a honeydew list, so that's fun. Oh, there you go. There you go. Tons of yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Well, 
but now you get to, now you get a little private archery shop. So there's yep. that. That works out because it's got like a really like a big detached garage, right? Or a shed yeah, or something. It's, yeah, it's got a big garage. It's a two car garage, and then there's probably another eight feet. That's like so where the door is to enter the garage. It's like mm-hmm. eight eight feet from the to from the wall to the garage door. It's like eight feet. So it's actually yeah. like two and a half car garage, but you know, it's only got two doors. Eh, and then the, the shop space in the back is like 11 by however wide the garage is 11 by 20 some 30. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty good size. Yeah. Pretty good size. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll be fun. So you, you hunted elk this year. Um, I did an interesting, an interesting year to hunt elk in Oregon. So uh, let's let's take a step back here for a second. So uh, what what all was happening in Oregon when elk season was was like in its full swing? Oregon was on fire, like all yeah. of it. The whole western part of the state was on fire. Uh, like from pretty much the Washington border almost down because like, you know, Portland's right on the border. Right. So just south of Portland, there were fires there, and then there's a fire. Like there were, you know, fires spread all along the I five corridor. So, whole state was pretty much on fire on the west side. Um, that was starting the third week of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that started so, right. That started right before Rod got out here. Okay. So I heard rumors, and I don't mm-hmm. know how true any of it is. So. Uh, if you're listening and you're about to scream at me, take it with a grain of salt. We're about, but to, get, I heard, we're about to get Joe Rogan. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I heard that a lot of the fires were started by Antifa. Was there like, was there any like legitimacy to this or were people just like making it up to try and be a woke person? Um, I haven't found where they got arrested for it, but it seems likely that it was arson. Mm. But so how many fires started at once didn't really make sense. Right. Because, Cause it was, it was crazy. Right. But like that can happen, but the amount of them that started and the areas they started in, there weren't really a lot of reasons for that to happen. Right. So it seemed really odd that, all those fires started then. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like I could definitely see it being arson. There were, they did find one guy that was setting some fires, but I don't know that any of those ones blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if that actually was the case just because, huh. yeah, I don't know. I mean, so the day that the big fire started, it was super fucking windy. Like mm-hmm. we had like 60, 70 mile an hour gusts, which oh, wow. that'll blow up a fire real quick. But the oh, yeah. fires started just before those winds came in, mm-hmm. which seems awfully suspect. Right. Because normally, normally you will have fires start when it's super windy like that. Cause you know, you'll get down power lines and whatnot and that'll start fires. Sure. But yeah, who knows, man? All I know is that 
the whole state was on fire and it fucked up my elk hunting. So that pissed me off. Yeah. So, and it wasn't so much that there were certain things that were cut off from you being able to hunt as it was no, a yeah. visibility issue, right? Right. Our whole area was open. It's just, it was so thick. Like think of the thickest fog that you've ever tried to drive or hunt in. And that's what the smoke was like. So not only do you have issues seeing, but you also can't breathe. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you breathe in that? It's rough, but you kind of get used to it. I had a smoker cough for like a week and a half. Jeez. But yeah, it's definitely not good to breathe that shit in, I can tell you that much, because we all felt like shit. But um, yeah, so I mean, the first couple weeks of season were like, you know, first day we had bugles and whatnot back and forth. The first weekend we were seeing a lot of elk. So, and, you know, bugling on the first day and that season was started a week later than last year. So we were thinking, oh, hell yeah, it's going to be good because normally we're wishing that we could hunt that last week of September because the bulls are really still cranking. And right, even if the big bulls are already, they've already all got cows and whatnot, like you can call a raghorn in with a single cow call. They just come running. Right. But that was not the case this year. Um, but yeah, it was pretty pretty shitty when Rod was here, which sucked. Just because, so who all did you hunt? Who all did you hunt with this year? Uh, it was me, Dave, and Rod for the most part. As far as when Rod was here, um, we also hunted with uh, Leon from EO Boys mm-hmm. and yep. our other buddy Ben. Uh, we went out with those guys for a weekend in a place, and that was where it was that super thick lodgepole blowdown stuff, and it was awful. Oh yeah, I saw that um, you sent. That looked awful. Yeah, it was not very fun to hike in that stuff, but it is what I it bet. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, then the third week, Rod was here for 10 days or whatever. Yeah. And we did get into elk the last, when was that? Like the last couple of days he was here, we actually got into a couple of rut fests and that was fun. Um, just bulls bugling everywhere. There's like four or five bulls in a group just ripping their heads off, but where we were the elk are pretty call shy so you know they we got one to come into 70 but he i don't know what happened with that one but it just he he got sketched out and left and then we had people come in on top of us that were walking in with the wind so the elk blew out i was wondering if the smoke would do anything to cover your scent well, I think that might be, I mean, you know, bro science here, but I think that might be one of the reasons why the elk shut up. Cause like, uh, cause they couldn't smell anything. Right. Yeah. One of their senses yeah. is gone essentially. Yeah. So yeah. they, they wouldn't like, we couldn't buy a bugle for like four straight days. Wow. And then, you know, we finally found two bulls in one spot and one of them was, you know, ripping and roaring and ready to go, but he was with a bigger bull that just wasn't ready yet or, you know, just was shut up because of the smoke. Right. But yeah, that's pretty shitty on that part. And then the last week of the season, I mean, I had fun the last week of the season. I was hunting by myself a good bit. Um, and I was actually, you know, on elk most days. It's just where I was hunting. There's quite a few people and the days that I was hunting, the wind was super iffy, no matter what I did. Um, I walked, I was walking just off of a trail. And if I was on the trail, I probably would have killed a spike at least because I was walking through some brush and then, you know, I heard something jump up and I'm like, oh shit, there's an elk. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you know, cow called a couple times, nothing ever popped out. So I'm like, Oh, well it must've, you know, completely ran off or whatever. Well, turns out it was a spike. It ran about the five steps that I heard it run. And then it was just standing there. So I come around a pine tree and I'm just looking at a spike staring at me at 40 yards yeah, and I'm face, pegged face, and I can't face. do anything about it. Uh, were you by yourself? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, it was at 40 yards, but there was a tree, like there's a tree with a branch right in front of where I would have had to shoot through. So I tried, you know, tried my best to get him to move just further to the right, but he just turned straight away from me and started walking slowly away from me. Mm. And last I saw him, he was at 70, but I didn't have a clear view of the vitals or whatever. Cause it was, there was a little rise in the earth. He was behind a little hill and you know, yeah. with the air trajectory, I could have, I probably would have been all right, but there was, it was pretty high grass and pretty thick. So I wasn't super comfortable trying to shoot through it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I did get to draw my bow once on an elk, but I got winded. Like, so I'm down, down in this little draw. I start, I get down there. I know that there's elk up on the other hillside. Like I'm looking mm-hmm. straight ahead of me. I know that there's elk on that hillside. Cause there's a big bull in there that keeps bugling back and forth with me. What, um, what week is this? This is the last week. Okay. So I went back to the place that we got into elk really good that were running really hard when Rod was here. Okay. Um, same place that Dave ended up killing his bull. But so I hiked down into this little draw and I was trying to make sure that I was keeping the wind right from going over, over into the next draw, like on the next hillside where the elk were. Um, but I had seen what I thought were two spikes up on the hillside by themselves Right. So, you know, I made a plan to go after those because if they're by themselves, it's usually pretty easy to get on them or whatever. So go over there and I hike down this little finger ridge and I get to almost the bottom. And then the bull sounded like he was more in the bottom than he was up on the other hillside. So I go down there, I cow call a couple times and then stick pops off to my left and all the sooner as I, you know, I look over and then I just see horn tips. I'm like, oh shit, there's bull right there. And he's at like, you know, this bull's at like 35 and closing distance quick. I just barely saw the horn tips, drew my bow and it's just a little raghorn. But right as he's about to step out from, there's like a dead tree right beside a live tree. Mm-hmm. He was about to walk in between two live trees, but the dead tree was blocking any shot that I could have tried to make. So I needed him to take one more step. And as soon as he went to go take that last step, the wind must have switched and started blowing right to him. And he left as soon as he came in. So or as fast as he mm-hmm. came in. That was the only time I got to actually draw my bow on an elk this year, which is rather depressing. How and how far was that? 40 yards, you said? No, he was at 25 when he was about to come oh, around wow. that tree. Yeah, so he was gotcha. he was dead. Dead yeah. if he took that last step, but... So she goes. Man, with all that FOC you got, you should have <laughs> shot right through the tree, Garrett. I couldn't. There's no way. <laughs> branches fucking everywhere. Yeah. I never, well, I also never saw his shoulder. I only ever saw his neck and head, so it wouldn't have gone well. Yeah. yeah no, but, that's, that's, that's a good call. It's a good call. Yeah. I was ready to let her rip, but yeah, he wasn't, uh, wasn't there anymore. Yeah. So. so was this Rod's first time elk hunting? Yep. What was that experience like for him? Uh, I mean, 
you know, it was pretty frustrating for all of us just because sure yeah we're like it was a bad year for us in general like this is the worst year that dave's ever had bow hunting as far as like getting on elk and whatnot but it's just it was super frustrating to you know not find anything for the first five days that he's here and then the last couple of days we actually found a really good area but every time we'd get on elk like other people would also hear the bulls bugling and come in on us so yeah but yeah. i mean that's public land it is what it is it's just frustrating but he definitely oh, learned yeah. some things and he did a hell of a lot better for not like you know I told him, I was like, you should probably try to hike a little bit with a weighted pack if you've got time. But, you know, he works all the time and he's got three kids. So he had no time to. Oh, God bless him. No time to do anything. Um, but, yeah, he actually did really well up with us. He was out hiking me a few days just because I was under fueled and out of shape myself. So, yeah. So what I mean, uh, questions from a mountain hunting newbie, I guess. What, what does your food intake look like on those days? Cause I mean, you're as somebody who is currently, uh, uh, losing weight and being very conscious of calories and, and all that fun stuff. I know that all of that kind of goes out the window and it's really just a calorie game when you, when you start hiking that much, is it, is it literally like you're eating a couple thousand, like three, 4,000 calories a day and you're still just like completely burned at the end? Yeah, I mean, I didn't count calories or anything, but like I eat straight junk food and I still lose about 15, 20 pounds in elk season. Jeez. And that's, you know, like, so this year we camped a lot more than we usually do. Right. You know, Dave has a little single burner griddle or whatever. So we'd actually get, you know, good dinners or whatever. Um, And sometimes we'd eat breakfast. So you'd eat like a, you know, scrambled eggs and a tortilla with some sausage or whatever. So, right. But, you know, during the day, if we're just out hiking, I'm just eating straight junk, just whatever I can put in my body. There's one day that my legs were shot and I was feeling pretty rough. I was dehydrated and just, you know, undernourished. And I think I sat there and ate a whole quart bag of Sour Patch Kids until I started, (laughs) until I started to feel human again. Yeah. What'd you, what, how'd that stomach ache feel? Like, oh, it, it, hey. I didn't have one. That I don't believe you. <laughs> I felt fine after that. Once that, once that sugar got back in my legs, my body's like, yeah, dude, we're ready to go. <laughs> but, Man, yeah. I, anytime I eat like any amount of gummy bears, I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stomach is just... I took the risk, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I was pretty much fine, but. Yeah, you sure did. So how stupid, I mean, another stupid question, maybe how, how early do you wake up when you're going elk hunting? Like I would assume that, you know, like you don't have to be at the stand, you know, before daybreak or anything, but are you, are you like waking up before daylight or is it just kind of like you wake up when you wake up and you start going? No, I mean, we are, we're up before daylight. It depends on where we're hunting or if we're camped or not. Like if we camp out, we, you know, try to hike in like right at, you know, right at first light. Um, that's when we usually start hiking because you want to be able, like, we know where the elk might be. We try to be able to see our pins by the time we get to that spot. Sure. So, you know, if we're, if we need to hike past an area, then like, if we know there's not elk there, if we don't think there's going to be elk there, like we'll start earlier and then just try to be wherever 
we need to be by the time we can actually see our pins or whatever, or we'll, you know, we'll hang back until it's like, okay, we're probably going to be close to shooting something if we go any further. So we need to wait until we actually have the light to see. Right. Um, but I mean, we're, you know, if we have to drive to where we're going, like most of the spots are at least an hour up there. So a lot more, Mm -hmm. a lot of mornings we're leaving at like four, four 30 in the morning to get out to where we're going. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds a lot like deer hunting. Waking yeah. up really, not, really we're not early. Sitting, not sitting out there in the dark though, so don't have to get to yeah. a tree stand or anything an hour and a half before daylight, which is nice. But yeah, yeah. So did is the bull that Dave ended up killing? Was that in a place that you guys were hunting uh, earlier, or was it in a different spot? Uh, it was the place that we started really getting into elk. Um, mm. So. The last couple of days, Rod was with us. We had hunted that same area. So I just kept, you know, I kept going back there because I was on elk every day. So go where the elk are. Yeah. Um, all yeah. of our normal spots were dry every time we'd go there. Um, except for, what was that, last Friday? It was when I missed that bear, which still pisses me off. At least I think I missed it. I didn't find any blood, but I also couldn't find one of my arrows. So I don't know. It rained that next day. I went back over there and looked, looked where I shot the first time. And I found that arrow, but it looked like it got blown up on logs or something because the first four inches were gone, Mm. but it looked like it was like deflection broken. It didn't go through an animal and get stuck and break off or anything. But the other, the other arrow I couldn't find, but the only reaction I got out of the bear when I shot at it was like he ducked a little bit, which mm-hmm. it could have been that could have been that I hit him because I was aiming right at his chest. Um, was, it could have been that I hit shot? him and that's why he ducked. Yeah, he was sitting sitting on his butt staring straight at me and I was shooting uphill. So I was aimed like right at the right at his sternum. Oh, wow. How far yeah. was that shot? Yeah. Um, 70 first oh, one was okay. like 67 that was, a, that was a poke yeah yeah but i mean i shoot that all the time so i was pretty confident oh, yeah it, yeah but, yeah you know the only yeah the only thing i could think of is that maybe my angle compensation was not quite right on my rangefinder because it was getting kind of dark and it was rainy and shitty so i don't i don't know but yeah yeah the only thing i think of is either i hit him and then he just didn't act like he was hit after the shot or I shot over top of him. And that's why he ducked his head a little bit. Cause it was like, you know, he was reacting to the arrow going over his head, but right. I, I don't know. Cause I never found the arrow, but, and I never found the bear. I, I went back to the same spot to look for, you know, magpies the next day, look for birds or crows or whatever being down in the direction he traveled, but I never saw anything. And when he was leaving, like I pretty much, like I started, hiking up the hillside towards him and that's when he finally left like he had no idea what was going on both times i shot at him he just kind of like he heard it and then he like looked around and walked a few steps then he circled back and just went like 20 yards to the right of where he was the first time i shot at him and then he just sat there and stared down the hill at me so i shot again and then that time he barely even like that little duck was the only reaction i got he's just like uh like, whoa, what was that? And then he just kind of so sat how, there for a while. So, 
how did you come upon them? Were you were you putting a stock on another elk, or or did you um, did, did you I did go, you glass them and then you put a stock on them? What did that look like? Yeah, so I was in a spot where no, normally we can call elk into this spot. So I usually, if I'm just doing an evening hunt, I'll normally go to that spot and check it out, just because we've had we've been on elk there a ton. Um, but I'm sitting there glassing the hillside or whatever, and then I just look down. And there's a bear hiking up the draw. I'm like, oh shit! Well, that changes things. Yeah. So yeah, I took off after him and put a stock on him. And then once I got down there, it wasn't dark, but it was, you know, it was getting to be fairly low light and it was in like that, the timber draw that he was in was, it's just a dark, kind of just a dark hole in general, but I could still see fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so put the stock on him and then I, like I got to a point where once I got down there, like I couldn't find him just cause he was like, I assume it was a boar, but he was eating, eating on bushes or something. And where he was, I just couldn't see him. And then I was about to walk down this down or walk around this down tree that had a, had a big root ball. I was going right. to walk around that to see if I could, you know, get, I thought maybe he went further up the draw than I thought in the amount of time that it took me to get down there. And as I was picking up my foot to walk in that direction, I'd see ears and a face staring at me. I'm like, Oh shit. Well, there he is. Awesome. <laughs> I feel but, like I don't like, I mean, obviously it happens, but I feel like black bears aren't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I've watched too much TV, but I, 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 or, I mean, or YouTube or whatever, but I feel like all the black bear hunts that I watch save like a very few select individuals like Donnie Vincent or something. Mm-hmm. It's always over a bait pile and like, 20 yard chip shots like very very rarely do people end up putting a stock on on black bears right well and you know in oregon you can't bait so if you're going after one with a bear you're i mean you can sit stands for them obviously but right i i I don't especially if i'm elk hunting i'm elk hunting but yeah sure if i see a bear while i'm elk hunting it becomes a bear hunt real quick sure yeah if there's a bear in a draw the odds of elk being in the same draw are pretty slim so i'm just like well it's a bear hunt now, so I guess I better yeah. get to going. Yeah. Well, I, f- I feel like, I mean, I- I'm not saying it'd be easy, but I feel like, you know, putting a stock on one with a rifle uh, is, you know, you, you get within four or 500 yards uh, with, with rifles these days. It's pretty much a done deal. Oh, if I had, uh, a, if but, I had a rifle when I first saw him, he would have been dead because yeah. he was at like 350. Yeah. So yeah, I had to, had to close that gap, but he had no idea I was there and the wind was in my favor. So I just gave it a shot and I, I mean, I got close, but once I got to the point where I saw him, he saw me at the same time. So getting closer Mm. was kind of out of the question because he just kind of sat there and stared at me and he'd, you know, look away to eat a little bit and then he'd look back at me. So I'm just like, well, yeah, I guess this is the shot I have. You are looking a little sus. Yeah, I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. But. Yeah, yeah. So did you did you have any other like cool interactions with with elk? Were you were you calling for Rod or what? What? How'd that go? Uh, Dave called a bunch. I mean, you know, Dave and I both call, but Dave called a bunch while Rod was here. Um, mm-hmm. and then I'd like I'd go up with Rod to try to either like you know he wanted to shoot a decent bull, so if something came in that was legal and he didn't want to shoot it, I was just there to play cleanup, but sure. you know, I'm giving him first, I was giving him first dibs no matter what, but if he was, if he was going to pass on something, I'm not 
I wasn't gonna because we had too many tags to fill. So, but um, there's a few days that uh, I just took Rob myself or whatever, and we I'd call or what have you. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so team they, effort, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. So they just weren't being very vocal until until that very until the very end. Was the smoke clearing up then, or or what? What do you think made them kind of switch it up? Yeah, and once be I more mean. Vocal? The smoke started to, the smoke was cleared out, cleared out on Rod's last day here. Um, but the spots that we went to, they weren't being vocal, but the other spot where we were getting into them on the weekends, it's just overran with people. So we didn't even bother going there. Uh, um, which I tried to go last Friday. I tried to, I was I, there, but that's, I, I was, you guys I, had some like secret squirrel unit that like, you had these awesome spots and no one else hunted there. I'm being uh, to. <laughs> no, I mean, we have those spots, but when you can't see a hundred yards, those spots don't work. Yeah, that's fair. Cause that's fair. we, I mean, we like to glass and then stock. We don't like yeah. just go bow hiking, which I got my bow hiker extra special Eagle, <laughs> Eagle scout badge this year. So that was awesome. <laughs> oh man. Black belt and bow How? hiking after this season. <laughs> black belt and bow hiking oh man i feel like that needs to be a shirt is that not a shirt somewhere i don't think so but we can make it man bow hunting black belt or bow bow hiking hiking black belt yeah yeah Yeah. bow hiking black belt that's that's something right there Uh, somebody's gonna steal it that's all right no we'll make it as soon as i get off the podcast (laughs) it's on you mr merch Uh um Uh, yeah, I mean, Dave did kill a bull, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, in that same area, too. yeah, he scored. What did he score him at yesterday? Two seventy-one and an eighth. I thought I thought it was two eighty something. Maybe maybe yeah. it was only two seventy something. He he put a tape on it yesterday, and it was two seventy-one and an eighth. I think is what he said. I know. I, I thought I thought he said two two eighty and some change. Maybe not. But that's his two seventy one. Two seventy one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That's his best bull with a bow, so that's good. I was pretty pumped yeah. for him because that was his last day to really hunt because he was going to bend with his wife for a couple days. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll just, like a- I'll just run back up and you, I'll yeah, I'll call if I need to, and if not, then we'll figure it out. But yeah, we we ended up actually that spot that we were in, we figured out if you use bugles to locate and then just hustle your ass in there and get the wind right and just get close to him. That's how we ended up killing that bull. Hmm. Um, that's, I mean, d- dare I do it one more time, but that sounds a lot like turkey hunting. Just get it, get him to gobble yeah. and then like get within like 150, 200 yards and then do it one more time. And they'll, well, they'll typically tip you off enough to where you can make the final, final stock or, or yeah, they'll be able to come on in. That was, I mean, that was kind of what we did. Like we were, we probably shut up at like, we were probably three, 400 yards away and then we didn't make a peep. And then the, you know, the cows fed right to us. And then the bull that he ended up shooting was actually a satellite bull. The big bull was still down the hill somewhere. Oh, that's when you're tying um, up for me next year. right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So Dave shot that one. And then, you know, when you shoot, like we always bugle just in case, like right when he shot, I, you know, we usually bugle to slow the bull down just in case mm-hmm. like if, you know because then they know something happened but if you don't hit bones they're not like 
they can be pretty yeah. unfair. And sometimes you can stop them when you bugle and get another shot at them. So I'm just, I couldn't see the elk at all from where I was, but I could hear them. But I was just watching Dave, and as soon as he shot, you know, I bugle. And then literally as soon as I bugle, there's a big bull off to my left that our other buddy Jake could see his legs, but he couldn't see, you know, the full elk or whatever. But right. that bull was sneaking in from a different spot and we didn't hear, I didn't know he was there until he bugled and he was close, close, like 75 yards away. And I about shit, about shit my pants. I was like, where the hell did that one come from? What the, what the hell is that? But he went back out the way he came, but, uh, (laughs) we got the one. And then like, you know, the whole time we're cutting up Dave's bowl, like we hear, we still hear shit popping down below us. And, you know, we're thinking, Hey, might get a double out of this. If, another bull gets curious and wanders in here. And then there was yeah. one that one crossed the one crossed down below us that we saw just, just saw a glimpse of him. He didn't come in, but he was at like a hundred, but he was just traveling, but we couldn't get him to stop. Yeah. Pull a weaver and take that shot. I mean, I I thought about it, but he was not slowing down. So it didn't matter. <laughs> uh, I, I won't, I won't say who it is, but the person that we had a conversation with earlier today, Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob and I, um, he shot his bull at 89 yards. Nice. So long shot. Yeah. Long shot. Blue right we through, were was at way. 80 something last year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the first reference I was making was mm-hmm. Weaver's shot last year was, it was over 80 and yeah, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a poke. But, uh, what, uh, what setup was, was Dave using? Uh, he's using day six. 125s and then Sirius okay. with the ethics. Uh, Sirius, oh, uh, one of those things, Apollos. Yeah. So they were, oh, okay. Yeah. They were like five, 575, 580, something like that. A little bit God, heavier than, a little heavier that's than mine. That, well, that's pretty heavy for Dave. He likes to be yeah. right around that 500 mark. Yeah. I think he, I mean, he certainly liked that heavy arrow because it zipped right through it and went another 30 yards. Jeez. The bull was dead what? about 20 yards beyond where the arrow went. What, do you know if it was the Evo or the Evo X? It was the Evo. Gotcha. He didn't He didn't have the big one on there because he wasn't sure how far he was going to have to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll that'll do her manure. Yeah, he, uh, we thought, that, well, he thought that he hit high, I think, but his shot was perfect i don't know if i mean i sent you the pictures but you can see where the blood spot is it's right in that golden triangle the thing literally went 40 yards 50 yards and just piled up like looked like he just kind of laid down honestly because he was just Uh, laid up against a tree or whatever but we our buddy jake heard him like gurgling on his own blood mm -hmm. but uh yeah dave Dave and I didn't like, cause normally you can hear him crash or whatever, but we didn't hear this one crash or anything. So he must've just felt sick and laid down and died quickly. Huh? Yeah. He was, well, I mean, it was seven, seven forty five, I think when Dave shot and we found him before eight o'clock, he was morning? 50 yards down the hill. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. But huh. yeah, did not go far. So that was nice. Yeah. What day was that on? Was that on a Saturday? That was on Thursday. Oh, okay. Yep. So, so still, still good hunting where we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I can't believe that Oregon's bow season closes this early. Yeah, I mean, it's I, usually... I, 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 do, are most states like this? Like, I feel, I feel yeah. like this is not common. Maybe I'm wrong. For elk, it is. I mean, it starts usually starts August, either depending on where it is. Like, Arizona starts August 1st or something like that huh. and runs through September, maybe. But most of them are only a month long. And then, like, Washington season's only two weeks long. For, I, I think guess. the east side is only two weeks long. And then they have a late season on the west side for archery, too, but... Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I but guess usually, I mean, sense. yeah, it's usually it starts the either the second to last weekend in August or the last weekend in August, and it runs through the whatever four weeks or whatever after that. So uh, the maybe not the unit that you hunt in, but are there are, are there units where you can do over the counter rifle? In Oregon. Yeah, they're on the west side, and then there's a spike tag on the east side. Gotcha. So if, if you do an over-the-counter rifle or or a draw rifle, can you still use archery equipment? Yeah, you can do any lesser weapon. Okay, all right. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just thinking that that seems wild to me, because. Uh, but in Missouri, it's the, it's the same way for... Uh, oh, speaking of, that... I think that happened, like, last week. I need to email the MDC, see if they ended up tagging tagging on those guys um somebody yeah, I, I guess, elk instead of a deer uh no no this was the first uh first elk season in missouri oh uh, nice. there's there's five people drawn and it yeah. was it was either uh but i think it already happened mm-hmm. uh and there was one guy here from kansas city that ended up getting the getting one of the tags and yes. uh i i tried to find him on social media well no i'd i'd go like run around and film for him because I think it'd be mm. really cool, but right. I never, I never found them. Never got mm. hold of them. It's pretty legit. But, hopefully, yeah, you, no, hopefully it, you put in for elk tags there. Uh, it, how do you? No, I said hopefully you do. Oh yeah, uh, I I did. Well, it's uh, so I don't I don't know how Oregon works, but yeah, it's uh it's for Missouri. It's twenty dollars, I think, for uh for the lottery uh mm. they're they're saying it's going to be like a five person lottery for like quite a while but i i don't know how long that is i mean i think there was 20 but I, this number seems really low to me but there was like twenty four thousand or twenty five thousand people that applied and so like i thought my odds were going to be way, way worse than that yeah because then it was basically yeah i think it ended up being like a one in five thousand chance and i was like man like it's like obviously odd. it's still, it, yeah it's still not the best odds but man that's that's not that bad uh and uh right <laughs> yeah. i mean that's better than that's better than like yeah i don't know however many people usually put in so like yeah like the most sought after units here i want to say that there's like 5000 first choice applicants but you have like it's not a straight lottery so there's right it, it's it's weighted yeah, it's point weighted for seventy five percent of the tags, and then for the other twenty five percent, I think that runs as a lottery. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't have any plans on saving my points for the big units anyway, so I'm just yeah. gonna go hunt other states. So yeah, I mean it was even better than that. So 
five Missourians were drawn from 19,215 permit applications. Uh, so you basically had a one in 4,000 chance, better than a one in 4,000. And is it resident, resident only? Yes, resident only. Resident Are only. they all on private or? Uh, yes. No, 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 no. They're, it's on a Peck Ranch, which is like a, like a public area. Mm. So the people who drew it was a 78 year old, mm. uh, a 37 year old, a 39 year old, a 42 year old. And then the guy closest to me was 59. Mm. So, huh. yeah. Lucky dogs. Yeah, I'd be putting in for that for sure. I mean, our our application tag applications are eight bucks, but like yeah. I said, that's I mean, you're essentially just buying your point every year for that. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so it hasn't happened yet. They can. It's October seventeenth through the twenty fifth, and December twelfth through the twentieth. Hmm. I may not be well. Uh, yeah, I may I may not be in Missouri the first that week of October because Kafaru is having their like garage sale thing. And I talked to my wife and I was like, so do you want to go to Denver for the weekend? And she was like, sure. <laughs> if you do, I need to know because I might need you to buy me some stuff. So, yeah, I it'll probably it'll probably be a, a fist fight for uh, man. That's that's kind of <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not about that like Black Friday style of buying stuff live. Yeah. And I and I feel like it's gonna be like that. So yeah. I mean maybe not. I mean people that get Kafaru stuff are kinda chill, but Well, yeah, they're chill, but dude, people are fucking rabid over oh, over yeah. Kafaru stuff. Like, I mean, the second it goes for sale on Kafaru Insiders, it's it's gone like oh, yeah. five minutes later. Like nothing lasts on there. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, anything else cool happened during your elk season? Um, I mean, I shot a coyote the day before elk season. That was oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wasted that sucker at like 100 yards. Yeah, only good yotes, a dead yote. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? After I missed that bear, I retired my 70-pound bow for the year and got pissed off and made sure that my I had to knock tune my 80 pound bow in the dark and the headlights. I was real mad, <laughs> but I also only had three arrows left, so that didn't help for your 80 pounder for my 70 pounder. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. I was like, oh, I have- you're, down to, you're down to three deep impacts. No, I was using the VAPS. Oh, okay. I've got a shit ton of deep impacts, but cause, but I pulled, so I didn't have those with me one. And two, I had pulled all of my outserts off of the deep impacts and put them on the VAP SSs, which I need to revisit because I had deemed them pieces of shit. But then I found out that my bow wasn't completely tuned yet. So it might have just been me not being able to tune a bow, which happens about once a year. (laughs) I just, you know, it's like, it's just one of those things where like you're messing with it so much that you just miss the simple thing that's wrong with it. Yeah. And that was me. So that was mm. fun. Gets the best of us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, those those VAP S's on paper look like everything that I want in an arrow. So right, that's what I think too. So hopefully, 
now that I have a little, well, I don't even have time to mess with them right now because I'm moving still, but yeah. Uh, hopefully I get a little bit of time to mess with them and then figure that out. But I also want to get my recurve going too. So, yeah, well, that can be the first project for Fairchild's family archery. <laughs> Definitely not going to call it that, but I like where your head's at. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's all I'm going to call it. <laughs> I'm going to make you a Facebook page as soon as we, as soon as we're done recording. And I can't call it, you- I can't call it FFA cause then I'll, just future farmers of America. Yeah. I don't want to get sued. Yeah. Just, just use their logo and colors and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like change the logo enough that it's archery related and not ag related. Uh, No, just leave it the exact same. Just put an arrow, like an arrow through the a, like just like, that's it. It's the only difference or, or the no, 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 not even that. No, less subtle, less subtle. Make the hole in the A like the shape of a broadhead. Oh my god! Be like, no, this is completely different, guys. This isn't the same at all. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't see the resemblance. I, I came up with this all on my own. I didn't do anything with this. Like, you, left, you left the registered trademark on the bottom. Like, ah, did I? Ah. Yeah, I, I registered that myself. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> oh God. Alrighty. Well, cool. Well, I'm uh I'm gonna go to bed. Okay. I'm, re- I'm very tired. I'm That's very fine. tired. But thanks for thanks for catching me up on your elk season. I'm sorry yeah. it didn't go as what as well. My when we were driving, uh, we ran an errand right after work today, and uh, Danielle asked me what we we're recording on tonight. I said about your elk season. <laughs> she said, "Oh, they didn't uh they didn't kill anything, did they?" And I says, "I said Dave Dave shot one." She said. Oh, aren't you glad you didn't go now? I said, no, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm immensely no, I'm disappointed that I didn't, that I didn't get to go. I would have loved to have walked around and, and been miserable for two weeks. Like I, like I wanted to yeah. do it so bad and, and I couldn't, but eh, we'll get you out here. Year, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. For now. Yeah. 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 Well, well, they, hunting so, yeah. may, may they not changed be a thing that much longer. They changed the uh, buck season to uh, draw only for the east side, which I'm not really mad about because there's hardly any deer left. So that's actually a good thing that they're doing that. But they didn't cut rifle tags, so it's really not going to help a whole lot. Yeah, I don't... uh... Most of the time I side with the biologists and and the Department of Conservation because they generally know what they're doing, but that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So No, no, sure doesn't. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Have fun. I'll try. All righty. Well, thanks everyone for hanging out and listening. Until next time, disrupt the status quo.